your radio. If I touch my shoulder, it would touch my hair. Starts now. And I said, what the hell is that? Spirits and more radio starts now. And welcome to another episode of Spirits and More Radio. We're going to be talking about aliens tonight, so a little bit different show from the past. This is the more part of Spirits and More. I'm really excited we have a great guest with us tonight. Turn down the lights. Yes, that's right. Spirits and more radio. And uh, thank you for everyone who's been listening live and sending in your comments. We really appreciate that. Remember, if you're interested in being on the show or you have a story to share with us, uh, you can call that in to one 244-6787. And uh, sometimes we put that on the air and other times we invite you to join us on the show. Uh, tonight we're talking about aliens and uh, specifically uh, our guest, uh, who's uh, experienced sort of a contact, uh, he wasn't wasn't looking for anything uh, like this. It sort of presented itself, and and it sounds like became something that was uh, uh, not so much of a choice. So, uh, anyway, please welcome to the show. Um, we have Richard Iris with us tonight. Richard, are you there? Yes, sir. All right. Thank welcome. you for the invitation. Yeah. So, um, you know, Richard, I saw, I ran into you, uh, you have a series of videos on YouTube and, uh, you know, I find, I see lots of different things out there, but your story I think was, uh, intriguing to me because, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, when people have experiences, uh, they sort of, uh, depending on your, where you're coming from, uh, sometimes you can be looking for the experience, but, uh, I gathered from your videos that you were really doing this and, and putting your story out there sort of uh, for other people who may, may have experienced something like this and also just to share uh, how it's impacted your life and, and also maybe some information that the rest of us should know that we don't know uh, right now uh, regarding aliens, existence of aliens, types of aliens. Uh, you know, I think people want to know, are they hostile? Or are they not? So... I think we're going to have plenty of time to get into that, but maybe you could start from the beginning and just kind of tell us about uh, where you're from and and uh, prior to experience anything, sort of what was going on in your life. All right. Uh, I'd like to start with the uh, pre-birth memory I have. That's ultimately where I'm from, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, the memory begins... Uh, I don't see anything, and it's not because everything was dark. It's just that I didn't have vision, but and I uh, I have a sensation of traveling, but instead of point A to point B, is more like traveling through time or inward to outward, and then there's a flash of a visual, and it's, uh, my point of view is just above some water, just like on a lake, I see some trees in the background, and, uh, it's like dawn, that only lasts for a flash, and then, uh, I, uh, experience myself like a normal person, and, uh, I'm, uh, I'm in this white room, a cylindrical shape, I'm looking down, uh, the bottom of the room is like 100 feet below me. Uh, I don't see a body, so I'm thinking I was just a point of consciousness in the air, but I experienced myself as a human. Uh, and what had just happened, I just arrived in the room, and off to my right, about 10 feet, is the being I just exited. That was the well, what I believe, anyway, was the inward-to-outward sensation 
And the time uh, sensation, I'm guessing, of course, was uh, the being I sparked from and I just reviewed my entire existence from when I first sparked from the Creator, or that's why I assumed that being was, to that point of time, me being in there in the room. And what had happened, I had just finished a life or something similar. And uh, the reason I was looking down was the last time I had been in that room, that being and I made arrangements or a plan for me to uh, accomplish whatever it was I was trying to accomplish. And that's not part of the memory, what my spiritual uh, goals were. I, I don't know what the, that was. I just know that the life I just lived, I I uh, didn't do as well as I could have. I got like 70 or 80% of what we had planned. So I was... Uh, uh, less than proud of myself. That's why I was looking down. It wasn't that I was a bad person. It's just I didn't do my best. So I was like looking down at my feet, but I, there were no feet. But uh, the being I sparked from, he's over on my right, and I can I have the sensation that he's staring at me, and uh, he has nothing but uh, pride and. Uh, <clears throat> acceptance and love for me. He, he's not feeling bad about anything. And uh, that's all that's all on me. And uh, uh, so so if I understand you properly, we're talking about uh, an existence prior to a physical existence here on Earth, when you were born from your mother to your parents. Is that right? Yeah, right before I came to this lifetime. I see. The setup for this lifetime. And you felt that want, you felt that you had been there before. You you clearly Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a thousand times. Wow. Now, uh, how I did, believe I, I was going to say how did you um when did these memories cuz you're you're recalling a time prior to birth. How Yeah. How did um when you were born as a child at what age did this... Uh, about four, about three, four. Uh, somebody said, think back to your earliest memory, and this is what came up. Okay. And, uh, it's been there my whole life. Uh, right, okay. Life, so, so you... I try to think back to my earliest memory, this is the one that comes up. And I also want to say that I think the reason I'm blessed with having the permission to have this memory because it was known this life was going to be extra hard for me. And this memory, there's aspects about it that, that, uh, well, kept me from suicide to sum it up real quick. That's why I was allowed to have that, this little bit of memory. I see. Another thing I wanted to say was while I was looking down, uh, that cylinder, shape going down, uh, there were freshly sparked souls slowly gliding down. Uh, and then uh, a, a, a human dressed in all white would come in and, and catch the freshly uh, sparked soul and take it off to where new souls went. And uh, it was part of the memory that the uh, the soul was consciousness at its very lowest form, most simplest basic form, and they were just balls of white light about the size of a human fist, and uh, they were allowed to slowly float down how they wanted to where they went. And I I think the reason we start out like that is so it's because the the being we spark from. Uh, allows us free will. And that's the only way for us to truly have free will is we start out the most simplest form possible. I see. And, right up, and even right off from the start, we're allowed to uh, 
float down how I want because they were they were doing different things, going different directions, going at different speeds down. I see. So but, uh, so when you um, take us, so so that's your pre, and that is a uh, extraordinary. Um, revelation that you've shared with us that that uh that that's what you experienced well, and saw it. yeah but even just as someone who's never heard that before you know you hear people seeing going into the light when they die and you hear people some people even have the opposite where they remember sort of coming into the world and the the tunnel to light you know in the beginning uh but what you've shared is is sort of the behind the scenes what's going on between those two points that Lots of people have shared before. Um, what do you, from that point when you were born as a child, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, uh, you went to regular school. I mean, did you live a, a relatively um, life similar to all the other kids in the neighborhood? Uh, well, no. Uh, I, uh, my family, we moved like twice a year. Uh, all up to age 12 for me and then uh sixth grade up to high school uh my parents were divorced my mom lived in fort smith arkansas my dad lived in Louisville, kentucky so i spent the school year in fort smith and then uh the summer in, in louisville so i moved uh did that move twice every year so uh so i grew up kind of alone I see. That's what you mean. Yeah, I'm just curious, you know, uh, if if you had had any other paranormal type events as a as a child during that time, or you know, if you were going yeah. to school and, and cartoons and just like you know, typical childhood. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear the paranormal experiences? Yeah. Yeah. That, childhood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was uh, still in California, we moved when I was four, but. Right before I, we left, uh, we were on the highway, and I was uh, in the back of the car looking out the window, and uh, there's a city about 10 miles away, probably L.A., but uh, I saw this huge black disc sitting right above the city, and it was uh, quickly engulfed in the clouds, and it was about the size of an airliner thereabouts, and uh, no tail on it, just solid black, and... Uh, I turned and told my dad I saw a UFO, and he he looked out the window uh, and then looked back forty forty and just everyone just pretty much ignored me. And then uh, I started looking back again, and the guy driving the car right behind us, he was rubbernecking. He was looking back to where that thing was. He was very much wanting to see that again, whatever it was. So whatever it was, it caught his eye too, and I only saw a sort of flash for a flash. So I really can't be sure what it was, but uh, the fact that I remember uh, strongly suggests it was something alien. I uh, right. It was 2001 that I really became when I made the switch over from being someone that didn't know there's aliens to being someone that did know they're aliens and. Uh, I see. And I wanted to ask you, uh, just so our guests know, um, what is, I heard some of this on your videos, but um, share with us uh, sort of the reason that you decided to go public with your stories and to uh, share what you know. Uh, what, what, I guess, what motivated you to do that? Well, uh, I made those videos in 2013. Uh between 2001 and 2012, uh, I guess I'll call them the bad aliens. They were uh, keeping me down in fear and uh, sleep deprivation because uh, they told me not to talk about it, and then I, I did. And uh, they they showed up at my place that night, and they they came over pretty much every day and kept me in fear for 12 years. But then they... Wow. Richard, we're going to take a quick break right now. We're at the 15-minute mark, and then we're going to come back and find out more about uh, the UFO that you saw and then aliens making contact with you. You are listening 
to Spirits and More Radio. Have a paranormal story? Tell us at spooksandspirits.com. This is Radio Land, huh? The Infinite Turtle, the, the waves through the ether fuzz roll on forever. Roar! You're my fave. <laughs> Me and Bubba, my little brother, we listen to you every night. Hey there, listeners. This is Steve Rowan, your host. I hope you're enjoying this show. And if you are, I'd like to ask you to help us expand our audience by giving us a review in your podcast app. I would really appreciate it if you did that. And for doing so, I want to do something special for you. I want to offer you a free bonus hour of any one of our previous shows. So if you like the Alien show and you want to hear the second hour or the Disneyland show or the Ouija board show, just take a screenshot of your review and email that to me at editor at spiritsandmoreradio.com and I will email you right back with a link to the second hour of any show you'd like. Thank you for listening and please share us on your Facebook and retweet us. Now back to the show. Listening to Spirits and More Radio, we have Richard Iris with us uh, on this show, and he's been sharing with us his uh, experiences with alien intelligent life and all the way back to a uh, pre birth memory um, of what he remembers before he was born here as a physical person on earth. Uh, Richard, you were just telling us about good aliens and bad aliens, and I don't want to move too quick for the audience. So maybe if we could step a little bit back and get to the first UFO that you saw, you saw, describe something you saw as a kid, but I know that there was a much bigger type craft, uh, that you had, uh, been out in a field stargazing and witness. Can you tell us about that? Um, that happened in 1993. I was living in Wichita, Kansas. I was, uh, either 19 or 20. I think I was 20, but, uh, uh, in my youth, I, uh, I was a stargazer. I loved going outside and looking at the stars and, uh, uh, we lived just on the outside of the city. And there's this park down the street, about a mile down the street, and uh, which means uh, low uh, light pollution. I'd go down there at night and just and, and just stare at the stars. And uh, uh, this one night, I uh, I'd gotten home. I just had been out running, and uh, I was gonna go inside and uh, change it and then go stargazing, and uh, as I was walking inside, uh, I received a telepathic message. Now, understand, at this time, I, I didn't know there were aliens. I knew there was a creator, in, which is technically an alien. You know, alien is someone that's not one of us Earth humans. But as far as, uh, you know, non-human beings hanging around here on the Earth, I, I was oblivious like everybody else. And, uh, well, anyway, uh, the, the, the message was, uh, tonight, you know, I'm going to have to paraphrase here because, uh, telepathic messages, uh, they're not like linear speech. It's, you, you get, uh, the concepts and the feelings of whoever it is that's communicating with you and your mind translates that into uh, speech, but anyway, um, basically the message was there's a group coming in tonight. They're doing a survey. It's believed if you're part of the survey, uh, 
it'll be good for Earth Humanity. If Earth Humanity does not pass the survey, it'll, there'll be dire consequences. And uh, dire was stressed, like as dire as dire gets. And, uh, and that was it. And as soon as the message was over, I just blew it off as just my imagination. Just ignored it. I went inside, and uh, since I was going to the park by myself at night, I went into the closet to get a knife. And uh, I went to pick it up, and that same voice messages me, uh, if you take that, the meeting that's been scheduled won't happen. So I don't take the knife. And that's going on, and as soon as I'm out of my bedroom, I blow off the message just as just silly imagination, and I go into the park. And uh, I'm standing out there, and uh, I see off to my uh, left uh, red lights flashing, like uh, like you'd see on any aircraft. and they're uh, like 10 feet above the uh, treetops. And, uh, oh, uh. Does it appear that uh, it's very close to you or in the distance? Yeah, I was going to say it's uh, something like 300 feet away, 500 feet maybe. So relatively close for an aircraft because normally people don't see anything flying right. at that level. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and there's a. SAC base, or it used to be called SAC anyway, uh, Air Force base there. So first thought was there's planes or, or helicopters flying to uh, the base, but uh, I, I keep watching and uh, I don't see the lights anymore. And then I see a flash again, and now they're closer and no noise, and uh, then they disappear again. And then they jump way to the right of where they were, and then they, they go away. And then they jump real far forward from where they were, go away, and then they jump another distance. And uh, what it turns out is there's this huge object. It's uh, hundreds of feet in diameter. And uh, it's traveling from my left to right in front of me and off to my right, and when it was directly in front of me, it was it was like 100 feet right in front of me. It's just 10 feet above the treetops. It's going like 20 miles per hour. Uh, the only lights it, it it had the what the red lights was. There was this uh, patch of red lights. The patch was a circle, and uh, it was. Uh, like 20 feet diameter or something like that, and full of red lights, just uh, just the entire thing, just full of red light flashing. And, the the uh, entire surface of the craft? No, the circle. Oh, the circle. Okay, and the circle? Strictly, strictly the circle. Ah. And, the, and uh, the lights were, it wasn't light bulbs, it was just, uh, it, it was a real uh, dark red, it looked like uh, just... Well, like laser light or some other kind of just pure red arc sparking on the hull of this craft. And the circle itself was uh, moving along the body of the craft. It'd go up where the electricity was going off, would go up the top, off to the side, under the belly, and onto the top again, up towards the nose. So I never really saw the actual shape of the object, I just know it was something like a, a flat oval, something like that. And uh, when it was right in front of me, when it was closest to me, the, the patch was uh, in between me and the craft, and I could see the hull of the thing, and uh, it was like a dark gray, something like that. It, you know, you shine red light on something, it's kind of hard to, hard to tell its actual color. Right. But uh, when it was uh, and it was when it was right in front of me, uh, I the only noise I ever heard was uh, like if you're under under a transformer on a power line that that 
energy hum. Right. And that that was very faint. Uh, uh, about a quarter mile away to my right was a road, and uh, when a car would drive down, I'd hear the tire noise. That would drown out this energy sound. It's just when there's no cars. That's that's the only time I heard that. Well, when it was right in front of me, I I uh, I thought this is probably alien and. I was going to say thinking. you you must uh I was going to say you must have been maybe almost frozen either captivate either you're going to freeze or you're going to run. Uh Richard we're going to take a break we're at uh our our little bit of a break point right here. Uh but uh when we get back I want to hear more about uh how you were able to stand there and see this thing and uh and and how you felt. I mean it probably was scary I would imagine. Hey, if you're like me, when you first went to get a fog machine, you had no idea which one to get. I mean, you can get one for 30 bucks all the way up to a couple hundred bucks. Well, listen, HalloweenPartyDeals.com takes the guesswork out of which fog machine is going to be best for you. Go on there, check out what they have to say about them. They'll help you get exactly what you need. All right, that's HalloweenPartyDeals.com. HalloweenPartyDeals.com. Richard Iris, he's sharing his uh, paranormal uh, experiences with us, uh, centered all around uh, intelligent life from another place, and uh, and uh, you were in a field, you were stargazing, a uh, hobby of yours, and, and you were in a field, and, and one night you um, sort of got this message, it sounds like, and I wanted to get back to that for a second. Uh, when you talk about sort of this, uh, these concepts that came to your brain that fit into you have to sort of is you know fit it into a sentence for us to understand um how did you how was that different from your everyday things that people think about uh you know i've got to go to the gas station today you know you've got your minds running all the time uh were those thoughts different in some way yeah uh but if you've never experienced uh it being clear, this is a telepathic message, not your imagination. You'd never know. Uh, one thing I I learned throughout my experiences, uh, uh, your thought originates from your core being, and when someone else's thought is put into your mind, you notice the the absence of that root, if that makes sense. I see. So it's 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 not. Uh, there's no question whatsoever that this thought isn't your thought necessarily. Well, is it, or you maybe question uh, it. You've probably questioned it the first time that that would happen to somebody. Uh, you've got to sort of wonder, like, hey, why is my mind? Why am I? Why am I thinking like this? Or why am I hearing, uh, having a thought like this that's so intrusive? 
Yeah, well, it's going to vary from soul to soul because different souls have different uh, experience, wisdom, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, the person that that doesn't know there's aliens, uh, they they could be receiving messages every day and uh, never even suspect. Actually, I, I do think that is what's going on with this world, actually. The, this the, world is not what we think at all. So people do, there are messages being sent, but people are dismissive of them possibly. Or just not understanding them, it sounds like. Dismissive? Uh, well, we have a higher self, and uh, our higher self, uh, higher self communicates with aliens, you know, just someone that's not one of us Earth humans. And uh, a higher self guides us along where we're supposed to be going. So, actually, all of us are in contact with aliens. We just don't know that that's what's going on. Yeah, it, yeah. it's just part of being an Earth human that we're we're supposed to be oblivious. Do you think that some people attribute that to other things? I mean, there's a, a real strong religious component that people, uh, you know. Um, believe in and various depending where you are in the world different types of religions and so forth do you think there could be some mixture of comprehension that people layer these different things over the messages uh are you meaning uh they get communication from an actual alien but they uh they use their religious beliefs to interpret it. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe the the religions of this world have been uh, uh, influenced by uh, aliens, and then people they have their own perspective on reality. So of course they uh, uh, think what they think. Right. Right. So you were you were in the middle before we uh, we went on to like the communication aspect of how you feel that uh, the messages come to you. Um, you were telling us about the craft and uh, the thing was right there in front of you. You didn't run from it. Uh, were you were you frozen? Were you perplexed? Were you amazed? What were you thinking what at I, that moment? What I did was uh, I thought. This is probably alien, and I remembered, uh, you know, on a documentary or whatever, people claiming the aliens are telepaths. So uh, I think to uh, telepathically, you know, purposely uh, project a thought to them, and and uh, the first thought was to walk on the earth. But then I thought I can't do that. I can only represent myself. So the only thing I thought projected at him was, "Hello." I hope you're doing well. And then I came over with fear because what if the thing stopped? It didn't zip right above me. Then the white light come down like in the movies or whatever. I, I would have fell over dead from heart attack. But uh, nothing happened. It just kept going on. Uh, well, as far as I'm consciously aware of, anyway, nothing happened. Uh, and I stood there for a long time watching it. Uh I watched it for so long, I got bored watching it. Uh, but thing, but one thing I noticed was uh, that big uh, red circle. When it was real far away, when it was in my line of sight, when it'd go over, like from going from the belly over the side toward the top, to where I can no longer see it, it looked like one tiny dot, or one time, one tiny red light flashed. So if you did see the thing when it was real far away, it would uh, it would have a uh, deceptive uh, uh, effect on you. You would think it was a tiny thing, little Cessna with the little one light bulb on the belly flashing. Right. But uh, that was it. I w I went home. And, uh, I told my dad I saw a UFO. He didn't say anything. And I uh, went to bed, and uh, uh, I want to say here that 
that that person that did the telepathic message tell me about the survey. I'm gonna say it. Call that Group One aliens. The guys in the craft doing the survey. That's Group Two. Now Group Three shows up, and they. Uh, I'm in bed asleep, and uh, there are two of them. Uh, short guys, four foot, real wide heads. Uh, they appear at the foot of the bed, and I know this because my my aura. I didn't see them with my eyeballs. Uh, they shoot me in the head with a beam that holds my brain still uh, and keeps signals from going from my brain to my body, so I'm paralyzed. And the second effect of the of the beam, it weakened my will. And I kept repeating over and over again, don't talk about it, don't talk about it. And then I started seeing these images flash in my mind. Uh, I saw this field and uh, this hill slid over and this weapons turret came up. It was like uh, something about an uh, underground base. And I kept saying, don't talk about it. And uh, because I had lived in haunted houses before, I had some experience with uh, spiritual warfare, as they call it, which is basically a battle of wills. And I learned that uh, what you do is you say no. And uh, because uh, the word no is real simple to say, when they're attacking you, you can say it. And and it, I was trying to say no, and uh, it's like my mind was real slurred. But finally, I, I got out one no. Then the second one was easier. Then then I could say it again, and then they left. And uh, then I was laying there wide awake, and I was afraid to open my eyes. Eventually I did, and of course they weren't there. And again, I blew it off as just my imagination. And... Uh, yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you um cuz what you're saying right now is obviously from years and years of uh experiences where you can really elaborate upon what happened to you and talk about the auras and the psychic communication type thing. Um but when it first happened for the first time, I would imagine that there would be a lot of confusion and and trying to understand what is going on. Uh Basically, I just uh, I just didn't think about it. I just uh, I just assumed it's my imagination. In the core of my being, in my heart, I knew that it was real. But far as the society I was born and raised in, there's no such thing as aliens. So, and uh, since there is an air force base there in town, uh, I just thought, well, that must have been an experimental aircraft. And that's it. So I just uh, just didn't think about it. Uh, one time uh, I was at uh, Bible study and uh, we were done, and I I told everyone that the story I just told you, and uh, nobody said anything. And then uh, one person changed the topic, and then they all started talking about that. So. Uh, there were times I did try to tell people, talk about it, but nobody would talk about it. So seven years goes by, I never did talk about it. And during, one night, during, at, during that seven years, w did anything else happen, or was this a very long period of time with no further contact or activity or seeing anything in the skies? Uh, I don't think I ever saw anything. Uh, I did have a lot of... Uh, uh, I'm going to say powerful dreams, but uh, uh, I don't think there's anything significant about those, so I'm not going to talk about those. Yeah, but so, basically, so, nothing happened. So for, for seven, seven, years. seven years, it was like this, there was this experience that happened to you, and then it just all kind of, did you, um, because I've had an interesting experience, uh, I haven't shared it on the show yet, I will someday, but uh, I found myself 
that uh, it was an unexplainable experience. And I'm a technical person and, you know, I know about physics and electronics and uh, these sorts of things. And so I, I really have a good grasp on um, what I feel is uh, explainable and not explainable. But I found even myself that the next day and even to this day that I almost don't want to believe it happened. It's hard to believe it happened with that period of time for you of seven years. Did you start to even doubt that you probably thought, uh, you know, like you said, it was an experimental aircraft and it was just some weird dream or thoughts you had about aliens, you know, maybe connecting the dots that your mind saw this extraordinary aircraft, you know, that night. And then your brain sort of filled in this alien scenario uh, for you. Did you find that years later, you just, were, were you dismissive of it in, in a way? Uh, well, like I said, uh, in my heart, I knew that, that it was an alien, that the telepathic message happened. That was an alien. The guys on the ship were aliens. And the guys that, the third group, that was the, what I call the bad aliens. Uh, I knew they were all aliens. I knew it. It's just, uh, it just wasn't a part of uh, the world I was, uh, the society I was living in. So, generally, I just didn't think about it. I see. And so, seven years goes by, and then you are at a friend's house. You were saying. Yeah, uh, I saw on his coffee table a book about UFOs. I thought, well, here's somebody that might want to hear about it. I asked him, and he says yes. And he had uh, had a sighting also, and we talked about you know, alien kind of stuff for like three hours. Well, so that was basically the first time in seven years that my mind was putting out that signal. And uh, well, I go home that night, and uh, I, I was living out in the country, and uh, I pull onto the, the country road uh, I lived right off of, and, uh, and this is around midnight or so, and uh, no one's around. And I see right off to the to the off the right of the road, uh, uh, right above this tree, this small craft, and uh, it, it's uh, there's two holes on the bottom that are each trying to light down white light, and they're illuminating the leaves. And I stop my truck and I'm looking at it and. Uh, I see that the leaves are not moving, and uh, the thing so close to the tree that more than likely the tree was brushing against the belly of the craft. And uh, and once I see that the leaves are not moving, I know it's not a helicopter. And uh, and then I start to get the uh, uh, I guess telepathic would be uh, close. But anyway, whoever was in the in the thing, they uh, were communicating to me that they were very angry with me, and uh, uh, my foot hit the accelerator without my even thinking about it, and I started speeding down the road as fast as I can go without uh, being reckless, and uh, uh, it was like two-mile drive, and it was a uh, pretty pretty scary drive and I, I get home and now I got to get out of the truck and walk outside into the house and uh, that was rough and I, I get out and I, I couldn't help but look around and I, I did I didn't see anything I go inside and uh, that was 2001 or it might have been late 2000 but I just think of it as January 2001 keep it nice and orderly but uh, that was the beginning of uh, 12 years of fear basically the first seven were really bad, but, uh, cause you, uh, you had gotten home and realized that, uh, the message you received back in 93, is that right? Um, was a real message and, and now, yeah. now here's this thing flying yeah, to, good, yeah, yeah. And, that was when that was the night I switched over from being someone that didn't know to someone that did know there's aliens, they're here and they're mad at me. I see. Yeah. I... And then, uh, and then, uh, they were coming over all the time. Uh, I never saw them in the flesh as I, as I say, but, uh, uh, 
they were basically just shooting me a fear uh, all the time. Uh, you felt that they were specifically sending energy at you to keep you in fear. Yeah. Yeah, this one time I was driving down the road uh, at night, uh, uh, and uh, suddenly I just uh, was just in, in total panic. And uh, uh, and then my ears started popping. I mean, bad, just pop, 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 pop. And I wasn't going up and down in elevation, and I didn't have a cold of any kind. I know in my spirit, uh, they were just literally shooting me with fear. Uh, and at this time... The first three years, 2001, 2002, and three were the worst. Uh, I'd, I'd be taking a shower, and uh, I'd close my eyes, you know, like normal, and uh, I'd immediately see a uh, the classic alien gray right in my mind's eye. Uh, the big black eyes just staring me right in the face. So I, I had to take my shirts with my eyes open. It was uh, almost like they, they were they, torturing they were just, you. Just holding, yeah, they were just, uh, like foot on the chest, holding you down. Shut up. You know, that, wow. that was what was going on. Wow. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. We're speaking with Richard Iris. He's uh, telling us uh, all about his experiences uh, with alien beings who uh, contacted him and uh, and continued their uh, message of to keep quiet. Spirits and more radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This is Spirits and More Radio. We're talking aliens tonight. Uh, paranormal um, chat here about something just basically uh, incredible that uh, that Richard has experienced all the way from pre-birth thoughts to his daily experience with some breaks in there. So uh, you had a, a, a seven-year break from all of this, and then uh, after a conversation with your friend about aliens, they returned to remind you that uh, they don't want you to tell this information to anybody uh, and, and then tormented you. So how long did that go on for? From 2001 uh, to 2012, basically. Ah. Uh. Uh, it's about 2002 or three. I uh, the first year I I was a total uh, in total panic all the time. Uh, I uh, uh, like I said, I I grew up in a world in which uh, no one talked about aliens. It is a uh, you know NASA says there's no signs of life out there, and then. Uh, I grew up Christian, so my uh, Christian leaders taught us there's no aliens, but if you do meet none, it's a demon. Uh, so that you know that's pretty legit. Uh, so I was uh, starting from scratch, trying to uh, uh, figure it out. Uh, and there were no 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 sightings of any alien craft uh, during those years from 2003 to 2012. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, from two thousand one to two thousand twelve, I uh, thousand plus. But uh, from nineteen ninety three up to two thousand one, 
not that I remember right on top of my head. So, so basically nothing. I believe if I had never said anything to anybody about that crap, I, I never would have experienced anything after that. But uh, because I ran ran my mouth off, they uh, they came over and uh, they they whooped me pretty good. I I I have bad trauma now. I probably will the rest of my life. But uh, I see. I and wanted to say uh, one thing. I would want to pass on to someone else that that, that went through something similar. Or, uh, one thing that that helped me to start start to get control of myself again was uh, I thought, okay, I'm still alive. If they wanted me dead, I'd be dead. And that was like the one little square foot of uh, absolute truth that I could stand on, and I started to build from there. I That was like how I restarted my uh, perception on reality with that one. Right. And what do you, um, I would imagine that you started to get deep into research on this sort of stuff. Did you yeah. start to seek other yeah, people? I started, I started scouring the, the books about, uh, aliens and all that. They were all worthless. Uh, I didn't have access to the internet until 2003. And I, I started listening to anyone and everyone that had, that at least claimed they were seriously talking about aliens and uh most of them uh turn out to be uh liars or uh pure researchers and uh uh the the, the people that that are researchers are presented to me anyway they're they're honest and that's good and uh and they're they're telling you about the the time when they went to a crop circle and dug up the dirt and they found glass in it, you know, that's that's raw data. But I was needing to know the nature of these things. I, I wasn't interested in soil samples, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to say here, uh, one person I did find that I think was was uh, honest was uh, Dr. Carla Turner. Uh, someone can, you can find her on that real, real easy. And uh, someone I'm listening to lately is uh, Joe Montaldo. Uh, I found him like two weeks ago. Uh, a lot of his information comes from uh, hypnosis, and I really don't, uh, I'm not too sure about that. I, I paid two different people to do that to me, and it didn't work. Uh, but uh, anyway. Uh, well, I was going to say, where do you think all the information comes from? Because. You know, there's, uh, you hear about, what well, you hear about the different types of aliens and reptilians and where they are from the galaxy and so forth. And, um, yeah. where does, where does that come from? I mean, you have to draw a line somewhere and decide, you know, is this credible information where, wh who said this, uh, you, the things that you experienced came directly to you. Have you ever, yeah. uh, been given information in these, uh, thoughts sent to you by aliens, um, you know, that, that are more credible in the sense than someone who just uh, read it in a book somewhere and is sort of perpetuating this idea of a certain type of alien or where they're from. Did you get any direct information about aliens and, and their types? No. No. I uh, Everything they did, they did uh, in such a way I learned as little as possible. Uh, um, now... I, the more we talk, we don't get to, towards the end of the twelve-year period. There, there's a number of things that's happened that uh, I'm starting to learn about them. But uh, everything that's happened, I looking at it within itself, I really can't be sure what happened. But uh, and uh, but I, I was never told any names. Uh, I never had the feeling that they were from planets. I think. Uh, I think uh, we're taking a wild guess right now. I, I'd say they're from reality, actually. The, uh, this world in which we live, it, it's not reality. We're really here, but there's an artificial aspect to it that we're unaware of. And uh, the aliens know that. And, uh, and I also know that uh, we're sparks from the Creator, and we have... Uh, we have a life plan we made with the Creator, and uh, of course, the good aliens uh, respect that. Of course, 
but it's the the bad ones that, uh, well, as far as I can tell, they're trying to sabotage us. But uh, I don't think they're here anymore. The bad ones. Uh, so, so when you talk about uh, the our existence um, being not necessarily how we perceive it, uh, you hear. You know, lots of people talk about things like uh, different dimensions and and especially when we're talking about ghosts and spirits and things like that. Um, and I, do are you what you're saying is we're sort of uh, uh, there's a layer upon our um, reality, which you say sort of is it masking what's you know, that there's more to it that we don't understand. So our reality layer masks these other higher intelligence types beings and so forth that are aware of the, 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 you know, our comprehension of life. Uh, yeah. Masking is a good word. Uh, we're, uh, not only do we not know about them, we're not allowed to. And, uh, some, there's some kind of, uh, quarantine at this, Earth humanity in place right now. Uh, uh, more than likely, they'll, they'll never uh, uh, just openly reveal themselves to us until that quarantine is is lifted. I see, uh, and you do have. I, a- I, I can explain how this world is artificial because I, I don't understand it myself. I'm still trying to figure it out. I, I try to figure out every day, and I, I, I get nowhere with it. <laughs> right, yeah. And you do, now you have an interesting take on uh, this idea of people say, well, why don't the aliens just land on the White House lawn? Uh, tell us about your take on that. Uh, well, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, um, the good ones, uh, uh, they want to be like the creator. The creator is not a free will violator. And a lot of Earth humanity, they don't want to think about aliens. I, I've experienced that firsthand. Uh, you even mention it. They're not talking to you again. So uh, just right there, uh, our percentage of the aliens that are involved with Earth, anyway, uh, they won't expect to that person. Uh, other ones, the non-human ones, uh, we fall over dead, we saw them, so, so there's a issue. Uh, another thing, uh, if we were to have, uh, uh, be able to talk with them, like normal, like you and I were doing right now, eventually we're going to start asking questions about reality, you know, physics, stuff like that, and, uh, that's when they start telling us that our perspective on reality is nowhere near accurate. And then that's when we start accusing them of being a liar, a demon, here to deceive us. So, you know, the only thing for them to do is just go ahead and leave. Uh, it, it'd just be one big mess. I see. Yeah, and I think the question, and we'll get to this uh, when we return after our next break, but uh, I think people want to know, because you talk about good aliens and bad aliens, and I, I want to get deeper into that and um and explore a little bit about the good aliens and the bad aliens um and aliens among us you know have aliens breeded into crossbreed with uh us here on earth and and maybe some of the uh people with these uh extrasensory perception and things like that i mean could they be related to um people uh, or or some form of alien lineage in their in their dna we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with uh richard iris what were the skies like when you were young they went on forever that when i we lived in arizona and the skies always had little fluffy clouds and, and uh, they were long clear there were lots of stars at night and when it would rain, they were beautiful, the most beautiful skies, as a matter of fact. Uh, the sunsets were purple and red and yellow and on fire. The clouds would catch the colors everywhere. That's it neat, because I used to look at them all the time when I was little. You don't see that. 
you're listening to Spirits and More Radio. We've got uh, Richard Iris with us uh, on this show, and we're talking about aliens and his experiences. Uh, thus far, there was a long period, Richard, where they were um, seemed like a daily part of your life. You said, did you say that they have actually, that that stopped in 2013? Yeah. Uh... And we're at the one hour mark. This fascinating interview does continue for our full access overtime members. To get full access, simply go to our website at spiritsandmoreradio.com. Under the full access section, you'll see an orange Patreon button. Click on that to find out more and hear the rest of the show. You can also join our live broadcast alert list. We email the day of the show when we are going to broadcast live so you can tune in and hear the full show and also have the opportunity to call in. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Doors and let you out into.